Hey everybody, and welcome to the Little Oracles podcast, an oracle for the everyday creative. I'm Allison Arth. Welcome to our first All Poets mini-sode. I am just raring to go. We're going to talk about three books by three poets, and we're also going to talk about May's reading theme for the Asynchronous Book Club. We're going to reveal the book club pick. So without further couplets and seishuras, let's talk little reviews. So there's something about Victoria Chang for me. (laughs) I don't know if I'd call it a full-blown mania, but honestly, I am so enraptured by her work. She has this way with working within constraints in her work that just makes the work that much more punchy and juicy and rich, and I absolutely adore it. The Trees Witness Everything is her latest collection, and it is no exception to that rule. It's comprised of a series of wakas, or poems written in varying Japanese forms, all of which rely on syllabics as the uh, borderlines for each poem. And as if that weren't enough guard railing, she borrows titles from W.S. Merwin poems and writes to those, in some cases, like only those. She didn't read every poem, she just lifted the titles. So you see what I mean by constraints and how creating these challenges can just be so invigorating. So I feel like The Trees Witness Everything is really this mighty act of translation in so many ways, because the original forms, of course, are built on the syllabics of Japanese, and Victoria Chang is working in English. So there's that, you know, interplay or conversation going on between a form developed for one lexicon that's being applied to another. And then she's layering on the reinterpretation of these W.S. Merwin titles. And at the line level, she's translating her own grief and her own awe at the natural world and also drawing and severing connections between the two. So these poems are really weighty in their subject matter. And yet she expresses them really pretty lightly and with some wry humor, at least in the way I read them, kind of reminiscent of Pillar of Books by Moonbo Young, you know, kind of wrestling with the big human heartfelt emotions and yet not getting too maudlin or bogged down. Now, don't get me wrong, some of the poems in The Trees Witness Everything are real gut punchers. Some of them, they hit hard and they get out quick, and in that way they can feel kind of sublime and cathartic, you know, capturing these sudden and unexpected moments of sadness and feelings of loss, and then kind of skittering away, just like grief, you know? It's something that molds to you or you to it and exists with you, not at the forefront of your mind or your heart all the time, but it's there just waxing and waning and pushing and receding and just kind of living in the landscape of your life just like the birds or the bugs or the trees. And all that is to say, The Trees Witness Everything is a truly stunning collection. It's a gorgeous companion piece to her collection, Obit, which is slightly more comic, I would say, but equally formally constrained because all the poems are written in the style of an obituary. And I would wholeheartedly recommend The Trees Witness Everything without question, especially for lovers of Merwin or for people who like nature poets or serene and kind of precise poets like Elizabeth Bishop or anyone who loves a poet who works in a form, you know? 
And plus the physical edition is this kind of vibrating neon hunter's orange. And it's, you know, this long kind of hot dog style format, just a lovely piece of art to behold and to experience. And speaking of glorious pieces of art to behold and experience, let's talk about Bluettes by Maggie Nelson. And yes, the title of this book is Bluettes per Maggie Nelson herself, even though the word is pronounced bluet and that personalized pronunciation, that specific approach to altering and modifying and reimagining language is precisely why I love Maggie Nelson and why I love this book. So Bluettes is an enumerated, literally, like with numbers, it's an enumerated meditation on the color blue in all its multifarious and multifaceted meanings and applications and existentialisms. And at its by turns broken and mended heart, it's a story of loss and missing and loneliness in which blue is the red thread, <laughs> if you will. Please forgive me for that. <laughs> so it catalyzes this book of I, prose poems, musings, verses, spells. I don't know exactly what to call them because this book is so difficult to categorize because at times it reads like a history like remember in the early 20 aughts when everyone in popular nonfiction was writing about the socio-political environmental cultural history of like salt <laughs> or tulips or something so sometimes bluettes feels like that it's filled with tidbits about blueness in history. And at other times, it's an appeal to the senses or to the emotions or to grief or to that overwhelming joy you get when you realize just how blue the ocean can be, you know? And sometimes this book is crude and blunt in that signature Maggie Nelson is a libertine kind of way. And sometimes it's just so tender and sad and Sometimes it's super matter of fact, almost like a textbook and the numbers, these discrete sections that this book is divided into, some of which are really focused on imparting a thought or a fact or a feeling and some of which are kind of more fragmentary, almost these one-off lines you might scribble on the back of a napkin. All of these apparent clashes in tone and these kind of... Um, splintered or foreshortened expressions, they only add to the humanness and the heartbreak and to the overall impact that Bluettes has. I mean, honestly, this book is just an incredible genre-defying idol for me, <laughs> something that really transcends definition and that gives this fresh perspective on structure and form. So, uh, like, big ups and big hugs and big love for this little book, Blue. And I don't think I can talk about moving and meaningful and beautiful work by poets, nor can I talk about bluettes in specific without talking about The Crying Book by Heather Crystal. So like bluettes, The Crying Book has a really clear conceit. It's an exploration of crying across media and schools of thought and Heather Crystal's personal life. It's also discreetly segmented in a similar way to Bluettes, just these, you know, bite-sized musings and reports and quotations and references. So it's definitely more of a survey than Bluettes is. It's a little lighter on the interpretation and the meaning making, I guess. And 
Even so, there are definitely some real heavy hitters in this book, particularly when Crystal edges into the lyric, like recalling a really mundane memory she has of a dear friend who has passed, and then she slams back into a more removed and journalistic style to talk about like the protein strains intrinsic to tears with different causes. And yes, this is a real thing. Read the book and you'll find out how onion tears are structurally different from like tears of joy. It's really fascinating. But the whiplash she causes between these two modes is so effective for me. And it just kind of piles all this depth of meaning. It's funny, piling depth. I should work on that metaphor. (laughs) But it piles all this depth of meaning onto the less personal and less emotionally driven anecdotes. I mean, when it really comes down to it, I'm interested in books that transgress or transcend genre, right? I mean, this is pretty clear at this point. And I mean, this book is poetry at times, it's nonfiction, it's personal essay, it is more than just two wolves, it's so many. And at the same time, it's so restricted. It's about crying, you know, it's about tears. And everything ties back to that starting point or that thesis or whatever you want to call it. And like Bluettes and The Trees Witness Everything, that's really where the magic happens. The challenge of lines invites the veils. You know what I mean? It's within the boundaries that we often unearth those new and unexpected and weird and perfect expressions. So if you're into genre crossing work, if you're into meditative work, if you're interested in what happens when writers kind of compel themselves to color inside the lines, as it were, I highly recommend any and all of these books, The Trees Witness Everything by Victoria Chang, Bluettes by Maggie Nelson, and The Crying Book by Heather Crystal. And finally, real quick like here at the end, I wanted to share our May reading theme for the ABC and our book club pick for the month. So the theme and the single pick for this month are kind of sentimental, I'm not going to lie, but here in the U.S. we celebrate Mother's Day in May, and if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've more than likely heard me mention my mom, Leslie Arth, just an icon, a truly incredible person, a tough and tiny and totally amazing woman who encouraged me and supported me and believed in me my whole life and who listens to every episode of this podcast. So mom, happy early Mother's Day because next month's theme is very simple and yet contains the world. I'm calling it Raising. And that's R-A-I-S-I-N-G, because I know it's a homophone for a word that basically means it's opposite. R-A-Z-I-N-G. Isn't language just a guess? (laughs) I love it. Anyhow, our theme is raising, and you can interpret that however you want. And if you want to read along with us, we'll be digging into my mom's recommendation, The Woman Warrior by Maxine Hong Kingston, which she said really affected her when she read it back in the late 1970s. So I've read it once already, and I'm going to read it again because it's just this amazing mix of folklore and autofiction and meditations on what it means to be part of and apart from a community. So it deals with race and deracination and feelings of being in between. It's just a legendary book, and it's recommended by a legendary woman, in my humble opinion. And as always, look up content warnings before you pick this up. Make sure it'll be a safe reading experience for you. And you know, if you're not into this pick, 
or if you've read it already and don't want to read it again, maybe just turn over the theme in your head a little. So what does raising mean to you? And what book or books might you pick that raise you up or raise your consciousness or your awareness or your emotions or, I don't know, raise the dead? Who knows? It's an open world here for you on Little Oracles. So go be, do, live, as my mom might say. And with that, we come unto the end. I invite you to subscribe wherever you listen and leave a review if you like what you're hearing. It really helps the podcast grow. Follow at Little Oracles on Instagram for more big book energy. Check out the blog at littleoracles.com. And as always, take care, keep creating, and stay divine.